Okay, let's cut right to the chase. Have you been called a bridezilla? Or have you been tempted to call someone a bridezilla before? Well, without spoiling this episode, I will just say that you might want to listen in. If you're planning a wedding or someone close to you is planning a wedding, this episode is going to be full of perspective and I'd love for you to listen and pass it on. Welcome to Weddings in Life with Taylor Nicole, a podcast created to give advice and inspiration for anyone planning a wedding from a seasoned wedding photographer's perspective. I believe that wedding planning doesn't only have to be stressful and that it can actually be fun. In each episode, I will address topics from my professional and personal experience, and I'm excited to share my life with you along the way. My heart behind this podcast is that you leave encouraged and inspired. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to another podcast episode. I've really loved recording these and taking time to be inspired when I plan with what to share with you all. If you have a moment to click over and leave a rating or review of this podcast on any platform you're listening on, that would be a big help. Or if you find this episode helpful or insightful, then maybe sharing it with a friend. That's probably even more helpful because the best way for new listeners to find out about this podcast is by a direct referral from their friends. <laughs> I like referrals if you haven't figured out by now. So do you want to know the slightly awkward part of starting a podcast that no one warns you about? You start out with very few episodes and very little content. <laughs> I think it's a podcast is almost more valuable after it's been around for a while instead of right at the beginning. It's like, oh, I started a podcast. It's a baby and there are now 13 episodes. <laughs> but what I've realized is that while we're only at episode number 13, we're also already at episode number 13. So if I don't start doing little things like sharing life stories or updates, then it's going to be like, well, why didn't she do that in the first 13 episodes? Or why hasn't she done that yet? So I do want to make this a podcast about weddings and life. So I thought I would go ahead and share a couple life updates or stories at the beginning of some of the episodes. So this one is fun. Austin and I, my husband, have made a commitment to learning film photography this year. This is just a fun way that we've gotten to go on dates and take pictures of places we've traveled together, and I've also convinced him to help me start using film in my engagement sessions and weddings, which has been really fun. But photographing film is a process. You have to meter for the light and take, I don't know, the extra time to really make your settings right before you actually take the picture because... In each roll of film, you have about 36 images to take total instead of hundreds or thousands you can fit on a memory card. And while I've loved learning it, it's a big learning curve. And I've realized one thing, maybe if you're learning film, you'll understand too, <laughs> but it's not the best time to learn film on people when it's the winter <laughs> because the people I'm photographing, my clients are quite literally freezing while I'm trying to figure out the settings. So as much as I want all of those nostalgic toned images, it's just not the time for me to take all of that extra moments and <laughs> really make them wait. So that's my challenge, but fun update. I've really loved learning it and I'm excited to continue trying film out in sessions and weddings this year. And 
I've loved using my 35mm film cameras, but I am so tempted to go ahead and buy my first medium format film camera body. I feel like the 35mm are like the equivalent to like old point and shoot cameras basically, and now a medium format film camera is like the adult camera body, <laughs> but they're more expensive. So I'm kind of budgeting it out and making sure I get experience, but I have been pricing out medium format film cameras several times per week. I'm a big spender when it comes to business and I would buy all the gear if I thought it would make my images more beautiful or better or easier to take. So it's a good thing that I have Austin, my husband, to help balance me out. If not, I would spend all the money on all the things. <laughs> so I'll give you another update later on if I do end up buying a medium format film camera body. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I'm just not sure when this year. <laughs> okay, so now on to the actual topic. This is one of my many soapbox topics I could think about, and I actually went back and forth on whether or not to share an episode like this for a while. I have like negative emotions linked to the word bridezilla, and I've always wanted this podcast and the episodes to be encouraging and light. So I've rewritten the outline twice now, and I think I have it figured out because I still think it's an important message to share about bridezillas. So let's start out by defining what the term bridezilla means. It's a woman whose behavior in planning her wedding is regarded as obsessive or intolerably demanding. Now, I've heard about groomzillas before, and that is defined as a demanding and perfectionistic groom. <laughs> These are the first definitions on Google, and another quick Google search showed me where the term bridezilla came from. So I was reading the term on Grammarist's website, and bridezilla was first used in the 1990s by Diane White. It was an article called Tacky Trips Down the Aisle, <laughs> and it was published by the Boston Globe newspaper in 1995. In the article, she described bridezillas as women who lose sight of the solemnity of the wedding. <laughs> now, there are legitimate reality TV shows about bridezillas, or at least there was one. Is it still going on? I don't know. I haven't actually watched it, but when I thought of the term bridezilla, I thought, I think there's a TV show about that, and it looks like there is. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to try watching it sometime. But anyways, I guess I can't argue that bridezillas simply don't exist, but I will argue that calling someone a bridezilla is actually a choice, and I would call it plain old name-calling. Yes, you heard it from me. I think bridezilla is truly a tacky term, and I wish people would stop using it. So, I did a little online reading about why someone might be called a bridezilla or a groomzilla. Basically, if you're too fixated on the wedding to focus on anything else, or if you have high or unrealistic expectations about your wedding day, or if you snap at others easily when things don't go your way while you're wedding planning. I feel sad reading that list because, to me, none of those attributes or behaviors should lead to anyone be called, being called a name. <laughs> name calling seems so kindergarten, why didn't we leave that behind? But actually, and to be real, if you feel like some of these can describe you or how you feel while you're wedding planning, I feel like those are actually tendencies or behaviors or attributes that really mean that you might need more help encouragement, or support from others while you're planning your wedding. Still don't think it means you should be called a name. <laughs> so when it comes to being one-tracked about the wedding, 
Personally, I think it's really common to being one-tracked, especially about something you're excited about. So my poor husband usually gets an earful of all of my business updates when he gets home from work in the evenings because I need someone to share it all with. I feel like weddings could be similar. Maybe you've had a long day of planning or finding your inspiration for your wedding day and you've probably kept most of that to yourself. Then as soon as you get around someone who's fun and open to talking about wedding details, you let it all spill out. It sounds normal to me. Now, something that Austin and I have improved on, and maybe this could help you too, is that he listens and then he helps me turn my work brain off and focus on other things from time to time too. And that can be a challenge for him, I guarantee. So if you're struggling with being a little too one-tracked with your wedding planning, know that first of all, it's just a season. Wet engagements are usually between like on the short end, like three months and on the long end, maybe like a year or two. So it's just a season, long or short, it's a season. And it's helpful to have someone to talk through all of the details with. You need someone to vent or talk to about it. It's not bad. Just make sure the person that you're venting to knows how much you appreciate them for listening and problem solving with you. And when you've finished venting, ask for help thinking about and focusing on other things too. (laughs) Another tip I've heard for wedding planning is to do it in more scheduled or allotted times. That, That allows you time to brainstorm, maybe with a person if you guys schedule it together, and talk about plans and talk through all the accomplishments or emotions and Try to finish that task, and then when you step away from that planning time, you know that you got everything that you could done, and you've done everything that you needed to up until that point, and then you can hopefully put it down completely, even if it's just for a little while before you have to think about it or focus on it again. Now, you can remember that I'm a very literal person, and I don't love criticism, so I can't actually remember a specific time of being referred to as a bridezilla when I planned my wedding, but I had a strong built-in fear of being called one. I remember being extra cautious as I voiced any of my opinions and as I made timelines and decisions about my wedding day because I didn't want to come across as a bridezilla and I certainly didn't want to be called one. I remember caring about the little details of my wedding, probably more on the extreme end of that. For example, (laughs) I got married under an old chandelier. There were probably two or three light bulbs out of the who knows how many on it that were burnt out. So not that many, but I noticed it. So after days of thinking about it, I reached out to my venue coordinator and I asked her if I could purchase some new light bulbs for the chandelier myself and then just have someone install them. I was willing to pay them. All I needed to know was what kind to buy. In the end, they definitely said no. It was too old of a chandelier to replace just a few of the bulbs, and they told me that I probably risked the whole thing not working. Now, that's a little detail that I thought about, and I put effort into thinking about and solving that maybe a lot of people wouldn't, and maybe it was a little too extreme, but I personally think it's okay to care about the small details that someone else might not. Okay, now from a vendor's perspective. I want to encourage you that it's okay to be detail-oriented. In fact, if you work with me and you're detail-oriented, I can guarantee that I won't call you or even think of you as a bridezilla. I'll think of you as someone who cares deeply about the details of your wedding day because I was that way too. So know that it's okay. (laughs) 
Next on the list was just snapping about wedding mishaps, and that happens. I've seen some impromptu tears or emotions on the wedding day, especially when the weather takes a turn for the worse or just something goes completely different than how you had it planned. So all I can say is my hope for you is that you can have a really good plan, and a good plan includes things that are flexible because you know that it doesn't always go the way you plan it. But I hope that you have a good plan and that you have a trustworthy team of vendors so that you can be as prepared as possible for your wedding day. And hopefully the little changes or the weather or other things that catch you by surprise aren't as huge of a deal as you'd think they would be. I'd also say try to lean on your support team, your fiance, your friends and family, hopefully during the wedding planning and during the wedding itself. Hopefully you don't have to snap, and even if you do snap a bit, make sure to apologize later, and hopefully no one calls you a bridezilla. (laughs) In fact, here are things I wish people would say instead of calling a person a bridezilla or a groomzilla. You seem overwhelmed with the wedding. Can I help you in any way? Or, do you need a friend to talk through wedding details with? I'm all ears. Or, I'm so sorry this is stressful. What can I do to help? And if none of these are working, I wish these people would just say nothing at all. It's much better than calling someone a name. (laughs) So I get asked a lot of questions when I share with people that I'm a wedding photographer. One of the most common questions is, oh, have you worked with any bridezillas lately? And honestly, I can't imagine ever referring to a client that way. Maybe I get to know them too much on the wedding day to refer to them that way after. So I usually end up replying that I actually love my clients and I'm really blessed and excited to work with such great people and to have this career. So just in case you know, if you hear a vendor calling someone a bridezilla, to me that would be a red flag because if they call someone else a bridezilla, what if they called you that? So I hope that wedding vendors can stop using that term and every time I'm asked that, I always try to shut down those conversations quickly too. (laughs) So... I'm going to step out and assume that this podcast audience, as little and fun as it is, well, you guys aren't little and fun, but it's a baby podcast and it's growing. (laughs) Um, I'm going to assume that you guys are similar to myself and not the people that star in reality TV shows. And I know that everyone, not just the TV show actors and actresses can struggle and how they can feel entitled or deal with their entitlement and can act rudely and impulsively about weddings. But in my opinion, I still can't understand why it would be okay to call someone a bridezilla or a groomzilla for that matter, even if they are being extra ridiculous. So while this is kind of a light or funny topic to some, I hope that this is encouraging to you, especially if you've ever been called a bridezilla. Maybe the person who said it was just saying it lightly and didn't mean very much, but you probably remember it. So I just hope that this episode can provide some light and encouragement to you to know that you're not alone. And I hope that it's helpful to anyone out there who feels like I did when I was planning my wedding and letting fear of being called a bridezilla kind of hold them back and determine what they do or don't share about their wedding planning experience out of the fear of being called a bridezilla. I think the last thing you need is to do more of your wedding planning alone because you're nervous of what others will think of you. I feel like you need more encouragement and more help in these cases. So here's a funny little case study that I thought of. It's not really, I just made that up. But if bridezilla is an acceptable term, then why don't we call out seniors in college for being stressed before their graduation or about finals? 
Or why don't we call out the parents stressed before leaving a big on a big family trip or vacation? Or why don't we call out people for being overly detail-oriented before they build their first home? In general, why is it okay to call someone a name? I vote we leave the name calling behind and do our best to encourage and build each other up. Even if someone is overstressing about wedding plans in your opinion, if you know someone planning their wedding, do your best to encourage them and be on their support team. Even if that means listening to their wedding plans and being an ear to vent to from time to time, wedding planning is just a season. And I think it's more than a little petty that we've termed the name bridezilla for girls or groomzilla for guys while they're planning their weddings. So if you are planning a wedding and you're feeling like you are caring or obsessing about the details too much, then I'd encourage you to talk with your family or fiance or friends for a while. Invite them into your wedding planning brain and get encouragement and the help that you need. You aren't a bridezilla or a groomzilla, and you deserve to have help with whatever you're struggling with while planning your wedding. So I hope that episode was encouraging for you. If you know anyone who needs to hear this, then maybe share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You can find links in the description of today's episode in the show notes below and on the blog. If you loved the episode or know someone who would, feel free to share this with a friend or tag me in your Instagram stories. You can find me at taylornicolephotography underscore. I'll be back next week with another episode. And as always, I hope you leave here feeling encouraged and inspired.